Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Praise God. Another blessing. Woke up this morning, and that was another blessing. I came this way, and that was another blessing. It kept me fed, and that's another blessing. It kept me clothed, and that's a blessing. Oh, I got some air to breathe, and that's another blessing. We ought to just give him praise, because that's just another blessing. I can see, that's another blessing. I can hear, and that ought to be another blessing. Somebody ought to praise him, because that's another blessing. We give God all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory, for God is always praising. And so we give him thanks this morning. We give him all the glory. For he's worthy of all of our praise. Let us go to the Lord in prayer before the word. Oh, blessed God, the almighty, Lord God of heaven, creator of all things, heaven and earth and everything in between. Thou art God and there is no one else. We bless you this morning and thank you for all that you're doing. Oh, blessed God, come now by the power of your spirit. Move in this place today. Move in the hearts of those that are watching via streaming. Move in the hearts of those that are on Facebook Live. Move in the hearts of those, oh God, on Instagram or whatever it might be. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name for giving us another blessing. We have another day to praise the Lord. We have another day to lift your name up in worship. We have another day. Oh, Holy Father, I, like John the Baptist, Oh God, I must decrease and you must increase in my life, in this church life, in the lives of those that hear me this morning. Bless, oh God, we pray. And Father, I be careful to give your name all the glory, all the honor and the praise. Bless, oh Holy Father, that one that might be listening this morning, but do not know you as a savior. Bless them, Lord, we pray. Father, that one that does know you, strengthen their faith and bless them. And God, we give you all the praise, for thou art worthy of it all. For it's in that name that's above all names, Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And all who are with us this morning said amen and amen. Oh, another blessing. Oh, how I thank God for another blessing. This morning we want to share with you a little bit from, the, uh, from James chapter 1, verses 21 through 27. James chapter 20, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verses 21 through 27. And James reads this way, and he begins in 21. Therefore lay aside all moral filthiness filthiness, and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you thinks 
He is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. And 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their troubles and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This morning we want to talk a little bit from this topic, challenged by the word of God. Challenged by the word of God. I want to share with you three things. The word will challenge you. The word will change you. The word will convict you. Since the onset of COVID-19, you, me, and everyone else has been challenged more than we would like. We've been challenged to adopt a new way of living. Our everyday movements have been constrained and uncomfortable. But the virus persists, is persistent and seems to hang around longer than a bad dream. But it's no dream. It's a reality that haunts each of us daily. There is another challenge you must become aware of, and it is one that brings great rewards. If you are born again Christian, if you are born again believer in Christ, we, you are challenged today by the word of God. So as we begin, James, the Lord's brother, is the author of the book of James, and he is the leader of the Jerusalem church. And in this letter to the Jewish Christians, James writes to encourage and give instructions on how to live a victorious life. And I want you to know that right now that many of us are not victorious in living in our Christian life. We think that we are, and we think that the circumstances that surrounds our living is the problem, but it's not the circumstances. You see that God is above all of our circumstances. So if we're going to live a, a victorious life in the Lord, you must be challenged by God's word and you must obey the challenge. Perhaps James did not know that God would use his words, superintended by the Holy Spirit, for 21st century Christians. But God knew what we needed when James penned these words in the letter to the first century believers. It is not that we need further instructions on godly behavior, but rather we need to be godly people by doing God's word. As James said, do and begin to hear it, but just not just listen, but do it. James' simple declaration to Christians is to obey the message. To obey the word of the Lord. So we get down into the text a little bit this morning. And James 1 and 21 beginning there. Therefore James is saying not only to the Christians in his day. But he's talking to us in this day now. He said get rid 
of immorality. Get rid of foulness and obscene language. Get rid of the dirt that so mars your existence and overflow of wickedness and that's impiety, evil, and sinfulness. But instead, receive with meekness, meekness, and which means submission, and then the implanted word which is able to save your soul or save your life. You, you see that when you were born again, the Bible declared that we had a new nature. We took on a new nature. It wasn't the old nature that all of us were born with. It wasn't that old nature coming from, from Adam. It is that new nature that comes from God. And, and the Bible said that the old has passed away and the new has come. And I think we love to say that, but we don't love to do that. You you see, when the old has passed away, that you don't act the way that you used to act because the word of God, when you hear it, talks to you about what it is that you're doing or not doing. My, my friend, we got to listen to what God is saying and not only just read the word, but the reading the word is okay. But you see, you got to look deeper than just okay. You, you have to put it into practice. So many believers today, they talk a good game, but they play a bad game. I'm here to tell you that God is a righteous God and he didn't have his people write this word of God just to write and have something to do. He wrote it, oh God, for all of us to hear and to adhere so that we'll know and do what God would have us to do. Are you listening to me? And as you hear God's word, James clearly states that you ought to receive it with meekness. Sometime when you're preaching, sometime when you're teaching, people hear the word of God, but it goes in one ear, out the other one, and on the floor. Man. And then they cop an attitude. Come on and talk to me. Let me get down to the brass tacks that, oh, preach, I don't want to hear what you got to say, but if you come to hear me, then you need to hear what God is saying through me. I, I'm not trying to make you change, but the word of God challenges all of us to change. And when you begin to change, you become more like the Lord every day. Are, are you with me? You say that we got to get this word with meekness and submission. We have to submit ourselves uh, under the hand of the mighty God and then he will lift us up uh, when he determines that is necessary. Meekness defines one who has a teachable spirit. But let me stop for just a moment. You, you see, sometimes we, many times we come in to the Christian life and thinking we got it all together. That we're going to teach somebody else what's going on. But my friend, you can't teach nobody what you don't have. I'm here to tell you that we got to have a teachable spirit. In other words, you might not like it, but then you need to talk with God. You need to get into the word of God. You need to talk to God and says, Lord, what does it mean to me so that I can get right with you? I don't like what they said, but your word talks just about it. And I want to be what you want me to be. Too many believers are in the wrong track. They're trying to tell somebody else how to live, but they're not living a nickel worth of nothing by themselves, but they want them to live. But we got to have a teachable spirit that that we can have something that we can give something many of us like the red the, the, the red sea many of us like the, the, the sea down by the river that it, uh, fresh water goes in but nothing comes out and that means it's stable it stinks and there's nothing you can do nothing alive lives in that 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 place we got to have a teachable spirit because God want to teach us something we came to Christ not knowing anything not knowing anything about him not knowing anything about his life 
about his work. But I'm here to tell you that the word of God will tell you what it's all about. And then we need to be taught so we can teach somebody else. Are you with me? We got to have a teachable spirit. One without resistance. One without disputing. One without questioning the intent of God's word. Now you can question me, but don't question God's word. He gets into 22, then he begins to lay it out. But be doers. Too many people in the church, not necessarily this body of Christ, but in the church generally. We hear a lot, but we do a lot less. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Why? Because you're deceiving yourself. Too many people can't make a mark for Jesus because they have already been deceived, but they're not taking in God's word. God's word will change us. God's word will make us understand that he is God, for he observed himself. This is when he gets down to 23. For anyone, I I love what it says. For anyone, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. I know that all of us went to the mirror this morning, whether you brush your teeth Whether you did your hair, I don't have any, but I I rubbed my head. I shaved. I I looked to make sure I was all right. I want to be presentable. I put my clothes on. I I saw that. You saw that. Sometimes you look in the mirror, you don't want to look anymore, so you go back to bed. That's okay. But he said, but but he who observes himself and goes away and and, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was or what kind of woman or what kind of child they were. You forget about what you look like at that moment. But listen, when you look into the perfect law of liberty, when you look into the word of God, you cannot forget what he said. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. You see, I don't stay in the mirror. You don't stay in the mirror. You're going about your business. But when we look into the mirror of God's word, it stays with us. We continue, and it is not a forgetful. We're not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Uh, and one is blessed. we got to go a little bit further. If anyone, if anyone among you thinks he is religious, If anyone among you thinks or considers themselves to be religious and does not bridle his tongue. Oh, but when you look into the law of liberty, we look into God's word. He says something about the tongue is a little member, but sets on fire the course of hell. And sometimes people say, well, I, I didn't mean it. If you said it, you meant it. From the heart, it came out. We're told by the word of God to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You see, that's, that's working of you, a new believer. You, you got to understand that you got to do this. Why? If we don't do it, then we give God a black eye. The moment we go off on people, you may say you're sorry later, but are you really sorry? No. You told them exactly what you wanted to hear. What, they, what you wanted them to hear. But oh, when you hold your mouth, when you hold your tongue, when you, when you begin to pray in your heart, you begin to say, Lord, I know that you're with me even right now. now I don't like what they said. I don't like how they put me down. But, but God, I know that you are working all out in the name of my Savior. Lord, give me sweet words to tell a bitter person how good you are. 
and does not bridle his tongue but deceive his own heart. This one religion is useless. There's a lot of useless religion today. I don't care from the pulpit to the door. There's a lot of useless religion. You may think that's hard and I'm harsh. I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. That God is tired of that. We are new people in the Lord. And if we are new, then we got to do new things. The word will challenge you. As our Savior ministered to the people of his day, he challenged them. He challenged the religious leaders. In John 8, 58, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. He challenged his disciples in Mark and Matthew 4, 19. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He challenged the Gentiles in Matthew 27, 54. The centurions at the cross. Truly, this was the man of God. This was the son of God. He challenged every unsaved person right here today in John 6, 47. I say to you, Jesus says, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Our Savior challenges each of us by asking us to do something that we cannot do. In Matthew 12, 13, he says this. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Jesus is talking to a man that had a, had a withered hand. And he's talking to the man. And he said, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and it was restored. Uh, every bit as the other one was made whole. You, you see, the man couldn't stretch out his hand when God told him to stretch it out. When God is speaking to our houses and our hearts, he says, get saved. We can't get saved. We have to have him to move by the power of his spirit to come and move on us. Somebody, listen today that don't know Christ. You may be religious, but you don't know Jesus. And you may think what I'm talking about is nonsense, but I, I dare you to take the challenge and say, Lord, is it so? I, I want to get to know you as my Savior. I don't want to die and go to the wrong place. I want to be with you in glory. Lord, would you touch me? The man stretched out his hand and it took faith. A trust and belief in Christ to do that what that man couldn't do. Jesus challenged him. The Lord Jesus is challenging us. If you're a singer, sing for the glory of God. You're a witness, witness for the glory of God. If you're a preacher, preach with the word of God. If you're just a pure member, be a good one and just serve God. Do what God would have you to do. It's not about us anyway. It's all about him. And when we began to do what God said to do, look out for a revolution. Look out for something that's going to really happen. Look out for God to move. Look out for God to come in and stir up our hearts. What is it that Jesus asked you? What is it that he asked you to do? How has he challenged you? As another example, Jesus challenged a rich young ruler to give up his riches and embrace eternal life. Oh, my friend, the rich young ruler asked Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And in Luke 18, 22 and 23, he says, Jesus challenged him to sell all that he had and come and follow him. But you see, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. The Bible declared that he went away sorrowful. He couldn't give up his riches. Somebody today is going away sorrowful because they can't give up their old life. Oh, you just got to believe that God will take care of it and God will do it in, in the name of Jesus. Jesus challenged the young ruler 
to do something he could not do. What he could not do himself was to be born again. You see, I'm born by the water and the blood according to the word of God. Superintended by the Holy Ghost. I, I didn't find Jesus. He wasn't lost. I was lost. And Jesus came and saved me. We, like him, do not initiate salvation. It is God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, who initiates salvation. Some today preach a whole different gospel. But the Bible declares that they preach any other different, any other gospel other than what Paul preaches. He said, let them be accursed. Too many are filled with heresy today. They tell you a few things that sound good, and the rest of it is a lie. And we fall hook, line, and sinker. And then we wonder why our lives are all jacked up. It's jacked up because we're not looking, we're not, we're challenged by the word, but we don't want to do the word. We, like him, do not initiate salvation, it says. We cannot save ourselves. If we could save ourselves, what would we have to do with Jesus? If we could save ourselves from our sinfulness, we wouldn't need Jesus. But that's why he came. The Bible declared with this long word, he is the propitiation. He's the one that paid the price for your sin, your sin, and my sin. He hung there on that cross and died one Friday. Six hours he hung there, bled, suffered, and died for your sins and my sins. The Bible declared he did not say a mumbling word. In other words, he didn't complain. That's what he came to do. Bless his holy name. We cannot save ourselves. However, we can be saved if you would, by faith, obey the word by receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We must do the word of God and not just not be a hearer. The word will challenge you, secondly. Everyone who has met Jesus Christ as Savior of their lives has changed. Has changed. Look at your life, you that are saved today. Take a quick look back. You don't have to go too far. Just a quick look back. You'll find yourself saying grace when before you wouldn't say it. You'll find yourself saying, Lord, have mercy before you wouldn't say it. You'll find yourself saying, thank you. I didn't see it coming. Thank you. You're driving your automobile and you may be riding with someone and you just missed an accident and in your heart, thank you. I could have been dead and gone. Thank you. Look how good you are, Lord. The word will change you. James 1, 23 through 25. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continue in it, and it's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. As we look into the mirror of God's holy word, I want you to kind of hold that out in your mind. As we look into the mirror of God's holy word, we see ourselves as we really are. Somebody once wrote uh, back in the days when they had the old 100s. I know one or two of you might remember maybe a word or two or one song, but I just want to bring it to all the new folk a little bit of that. Some of the old saints would say, uh, let the light uh, 
from the lighthouse um, shine on me. You, you see, they're talking about God, uh, but they're also talking about the word of God. Let the light uh, from the lighthouse shine on me. What what they're actually saying is that, Lord, I know that you're looking down at me. I know that you're moving in a mighty way, but God, I I, I see that I'm not where I need to be. I I know I'm not where, but oh God, I need some mercy. I see, I need a little grace, Lord God, just to make shine on me. Shine on So let the light from the lighthouse shine on me. You see, when God began to let the light shine, his light from heaven will show all the imperfection that you have. Oh, it's not about condemnation, but as you show us all our imperfections. And I want to go to God and get clean because the word of God says I am clean through the word. When I profess the word of God and confess my sins and trust him for forgiveness, I'm good to go because God is awesome. He began to shine on me. James mentioned several mistakes people make as they look into God's mirror. The first mistake, they merely glance at what they see. You look into your mirror at home, you merely glance, you make sure you're all good. You look into the word of God, we just look at it, oh, I read today. But it means nothing because it didn't go down deep enough. Secondly, they forget what they see. What did you see when you saw yourself in the light of God's mirror? In the light of God. What did you see when the light from the lighthouse shined on you and revealed the imperfections? What about you? Did you see that? Or did you ask God how to get that cleaned up? The last mistake is they failed to obey that which they see. When I see that I'm I'm, I'm not right with God, I got to go and do something about it. I got to go to my God and ask him forgiveness and be cleaned up. When you look into the mirror of God's holy word, what is it that you see? What does it show you that requires change? If the Bible, that the word of God is going to challenge you, it challenges you to change. It challenges you to go to God and get your imperfection, get your sin cleaned up. It challenges us. Your attitude. Some folk got attitude. They come to church with an attitude. They leave with an attitude. All their lives they have an attitude. At HCB they got an attitude. They go to Walmart they got an attitude. And you wonder when, when is this attitude going to be straightened out? You see we got an attitude about something. Your our disobedience of God's word. Your stubbornness to love God and others. Are you challenged to make a change? If God's word says we need to love one another, Jesus said it. Because I've loved you, he talked to his disciples. So you love one another. And this is love. Not that we love God first, Peter says, but that he loved us and gave his life for us. Oh, he loved us when we were not even lovable. He loved us when we weren't worth loving. But Jesus said, that's all right. I'm going to the cross anyhow. I love him. He chose Israel not because they were the biggest, the baddest. He loved them because he loved them. 
They want the most numerous. No, he just loved them. God loves us the same right now, right now. You see, it is the key to spiritual strength and continued maturity. It is a challenge to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Lastly, the word will convict you. It's awesome. I've seen people sitting on the seat and God's word is going through the preacher's mouth, whether it's mine or some other preacher. And I can see them moving one foot at a time, sitting on the edge of the seat. They've actually scooted up a little bit, and they're all into this word. But And they're just moving. They can't hardly hold themselves down. But well, when you see that, you don't talk against that. You begin to pray that. God continue to move on them. Why? Because the spirit of God is convicting them through the word of God. How about you this morning? How about you this morning? On the day of Pentecost, as an example, Peter, the apostle Peter addressed the people who had gathered to hear of the good things God had done. Oh, my friends, the people were amazed at moving, at the moving in power of the Holy Spirit. And they asked what all this stuff meant. We're talking about the day of Pentecost. And the apostle Peter stood and preached. Oh, I can imagine that, that wonderful day that the apostle got up and I believe he's full with the Holy Ghost. And he began to preach according to his word. And as the Spirit of God convicted their hearts through the preaching of the preacher, the Lord Luke records the action taken in Luke. Chapter, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 2, 36 through 39. And listen to what it says. Therefore, Peter is preaching, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That was a revolution that day. 3,000 souls were brought to the Lord. It sounds like it's almost in an instant. 3,000 people got up. They dropped that old religious garb, that old look that they had. They dropped all of that stuff and said, I want Jesus. If you're not a doer of the word, friend, the Holy Spirit of God has already convicted you. If you're not a follower of Christ, his word convicts you of your sin and challenges you to come to Christ right now. Come to Christ for forgiveness and trust him as Savior and Lord. There is no other Savior. There is no other Lord. He is God. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, I have come that you, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Jesus didn't come so that you can be stingy. He didn't come and give his love stingily. We have abundant life in him. More than we could ever imagine, even think or imagine. That's the kind of God that he is. The Lord Jesus stands ready to forgive you. Come. There's some of you right now debating in your heart. Should I or shouldn't I? Yes, you should. If you're not even sure about your salvation, you should. You should put, get with that number that's going to be on the screen in a moment. And you need to call the number. The counselors are right there waiting on you, waiting for you. 
Don't be surprised there'll be other people on the line. Don't, don't hang up. They're going to give you your own personal counsel. And God will work it all out. You see, my friends, come. Confess to Christ your sins. Believe in your heart that you believe that God the Father raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And the Bible declared that you and accept him by faith. And the scripture declares you shall be saved. Many people talk against what God is doing. Oftentimes they give no invitation. That's the only thing I know to let you know that God is saying you come. Come to him right now. You say, well, I'm going to put it off to next week. Don't, don't, don't put it off to next week. We're not giving next week. We got right now. We got right now. And it says, Lord, save me. We got right now. I'll come when I get right. You can't get right. Only God can make you right. So how can we get right? Come. My question to you is today. Will you accept the Lord's challenge? And come and trust him. Trust him today. Trust him right now as your Lord and your Savior. Come. You may say, I'm not worthy. Yes, that's correct. But God will make you worthy. When I came, I came just like I was. I didn't go home and get it right. I didn't go back and ask somebody. The word of God was moving and I was looking to the perfect law of liberty and God was saying, come on, Jesse, come on. Before I can get out of my seat, all I could see was tears in my eyes and I saw people like trees, but I found my way to the seat and then the pastor came and said, son, what do you want me to do for you? I said, I want to be saved. I didn't say I want to be saved tomorrow. I want to be saved now. The spirit of God moves. I believe that God will do the same for you. Trust him. Trust God right now by faith. You, you, you that, are, that know Christ. Maybe your life is not all what you know it should be. But you come and repent too. You come and say, Lord, I, I haven't done all I should have been doing. Forgive me and help me to get back on the right track. And the Lord will touch and bless you. And I know he'll do it. He'll do it right now. He's just that kind of God. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love the Lord. Let me give him praise in Jesus' name. And all said, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.